0: coming up on this week's episode of ride the lightning the tesla unofficial podcast tesla sets a new company record for production and deliveries in a quarter in the just completed q3 gigafactory 3 hits a major milestone tesla files a couple of intriguing new patent applications model y is spotted out in the wild and more What's happening, my friends? I'm Ryan McCaffrey. Happy to be joining you for the 218th episode of Ride the Lightning, the weekly Tesla unofficial podcast. To my left, my very tuckered out co-host, her name's Daisy the Boxer Puppy, and she is adorable, but also just sleeping. So we'll just let her rest. Anyway, uh, it's been a another busy week in the world of Tesla. I did a little volunteering over at the Fremont Delivery Hub uh, last weekend. I don't... Maybe I don't know if volunteering is quite the right word, but just kind of, you know, happily showing up to lend a hand to uh, new Tesla owners as they took delivery and were getting familiar with their cars. I'll tell you, this is the third, well, third quarter that I've done this for because Tesla didn't didn't solicit any help uh, for this year up until this point, Q1 or Q2, Q3, Q4, and now this this Q3. But anyway, uh, this is the third quarter. Session third or third uh, quarter, I've done this for, and boy, it's I get a huge kick out of it. I I have a, a great time because I, as obviously doing this podcast, I love talking about all things Tesla. And as I've said before, you know when you're, I remember my delivery day in that very spot, the Tesla Fremont delivery hub, and and it's it's like Christmas morning for adults. You you are there. You are typically very happy. Occasionally. There's maybe a little something that goes wrong, and and uh, you know I've seen you know it happens. You got to try and work through something. I mean, my own delivery was not without a bit of stress the day of with the payment system. Uh, anyway, you can go back if you didn't hear that story. It's not even I won't even say go back and listen to it. It was had some hiccups on on my uh, delivery day, but ended up I got I made it. I got there. But in any case, yeah, it's it's a happy time for so many people. And, you know, for most of them, it is their first electric vehicle, their first Tesla. And they're, they're just, there is a lot to take in, you know, it's, it's not that it's overly difficult or, or overly complex. It's just different from any other car you've ever had. So it is, uh, it is good to uh, be there to, if people want to, to give them a hand and answer any questions for them. I have a great time doing it. I hope I get a chance to do that again. Uh, and what was neat was as everybody everybody I talked to there all the new owners I, I got to tell them hey by the way uh, either you know possibly as soon as tonight or at some point in the next few days you're going to be getting a software update which you're gonna learn to in, in a almost like Pavlov's dog. You're going to just drool with anticipation when you see that notification pop up on your phone, a software update is available because it means good new fun stuff is coming to your car. And I got to tell them all about V10 and what's all like just so many new features being added to these brand new customers' cars as soon as they get them, like, you know, the day after or within the first few days of ownership. So pretty neat there. Uh, I will say that the Fremont delivery center sounded very different than the last time I uh, helped out over there. It was, I was, it was, I I was there from uh, about 2 p.m. to 4.30 p.m. on the Saturday, that last Saturday before the end of the quarter, whatever date that was. And it was, figuratively speaking, it was quieter. It it wasn't quite as busy as as, Q3 and Q4, the, the times that I had popped in there last time. Although it did pick up as the afternoon got on. But uh, it was literally louder than when I was there last year because all of the cars being delivered now have the pedestrian warning system installed. So this was my first time actually hearing them in the real world on a car, as opposed to, you know, I, I played you the soundboard clip from from uh, Trevor of, of Tesla Owners Online who had gotten the scoop on that. But yeah, this was my first time actually hearing one in the wild with, you know, in a, in a proper real world setting. And I have to say, again, it's, I think it's really pretty subtle and I'm you know being totally honest. I'm not trying to trying to undersell it at all. I, I can almost promise you that the idea of the pedestrian noisemaker in an electric via ve- in a you know, a silent electric vehicle is probably much worse th- uh, than what you're, what the sound actually is. So if you're, if you haven't bought one yet or you're planning to buy a tesla or electric vehicle in the in the coming months or years it's really at least tesla's implementation of it is uh is pretty subtle it's pretty chill so take that for what it's worth now the news itself as i mentioned i was lending a hand with to new owners there and the in the final push of q3 Well, the Q3 delivery numbers did arrive just a couple days after the close of the quarter, and they are excellent. Tesla saying, quote, "...in the third quarter we achieved record production of 96,155 vehicles and record deliveries of approximately 97,000 vehicles." In addition, we achieved record net orders in Q3 and are entering Q4 with an increase in our order backlog. As was also the case in Q2, nearly all of our Model 3 orders were received from customers who did not previously hold a reservation, solidifying the transition to generating strong organic demand. We are continuing to focus on increasing production to meet that demand, that being uh, a reference, of course, to Gigafactory Three in Shanghai, which will be coming online shortly. Uh, in fact, I will be telling you more about that in the next story. But we know that Gigafactory Three is looking to ramp to about 3,000 cars per week in the sooner rather than later. So that will certainly help uh, because then it will alleviate the production constraints and the production process in Fremont to focus on more cars to be delivered, pr- produced for and delivered in North America. But uh, the numbers, Model S and X, just 17,400 vehicles combined in the quarter for S and X. So that, that is certainly down. I mean, that number continues to drop. I mean, the at its peak pre-Model 3, that number was uh, on a, well, I guess about four, well, 30,000 cuz they were 20 20 to 30 25 30,000 cuz they were doing about a hunt between 100 120,000 uh a a year on SNX combined. So 17,400 for the quarter is definitely down. Model 3 though, by design, picking up the pace and then some. 79,600 these are deliveries by the way, not uh, cars produced. For the total again of 96,155 produced Ninety-seven thousand delivered, and yes, this uh, is absolutely great news. It's it's a heck of a job by the Tesla team, and I'm talking every single employee because everyone has a hand in a record quarter like this. Whether you work in production, you work in delivery, you work in sales, etc., etc. Hopefully, Tesla is going to eke out a profit this quarter. Now, a lot of the analysts, though, it should be noted that many of them are often wrong, think that Tesla's revenue will be lower because of the shift towards Model 3s with lower average sale prices. And to an extent, I'm sure they'll be right about that. That's inevitable as the the prices come down on the Model 3 and production goes up. It's just a matter of course that more people are going to buy the more affordable variant of the car. But hopefully the sheer volume of cars will help offset that lower average sale price and hopefully Tesla will be able to end the quarter in the black. Now, based on previous guidance from Tesla, I would think that Q4 should be right around the same numbers. Maybe, hopefully, they'll even be able to get across that, that uh, sort of nice milestone six, uh, yeah, six figure, 100,000 threshold, especially, I should add, because at the end of Q4, there will be an additional, albeit slight incentive at this point for people to go ahead and buy now, meaning Q4 now, not only because it's the holiday season and people are buying a lot of stuff, including cars uh, in in the, you know, towards the end of the year and that holiday shopping season, but because Q4 marks the very, very end of the federal tax credit for Tesla. Now, that's barring some sort of possible resurrection later. You know, there've been bills floated out there, but nothing is particularly far along. So, for the time being, we have to assume that this is it that the federal tax credit will be gone and never coming back for Tesla since they have produced the uh you know, they've they hit that 200,000 car threshold as dictated in the the program and and have been phasing it out ever since. Now, another thought occurs to me. Assuming nothing changes with the federal tax credit program, Tesla will probably end up delivering more fully electric vehicles than any car maker under this federal tax credit program. Sure, you know they they all get the same 200,000 cars delivered in the United States before the phase-out triggers, but it's how many you can deliver in the four-quarter phase-out countdown after that. Chevy, with the Bolt, just isn't producing as many Bolts as Tesla is producing Model 3s, let alone Ss and Xs. Same with Nissan and the Leaf. Now, those are the two other companies that are closest to the limit right now. Porsche will come in and enjoy the full $7,500 credit with the Taycan to offer to their customers now that that car is a, a good bit more expensive than uh, pretty much any comparable Model S, whether you're talking long range or P100D, but uh, still, they'll at least, they'll have that for a little while, and anybody else that finally gets serious about an electric vehicle will have that $7,500 tax credit to uh, incentive I should say to offer their customers but anyway that's a bit of a tangent so back to the main point which is this congratulations to the entire Tesla team I want to say great job to all of you Um, you know I just I I got to just see it from the that sort of end point of people getting their cars delivered to them and I just want to say thank you to the Tesla team for working super, super hard to get a company record number of cars out onto the roads this past quarter. Now, speaking of production and deliveries, and I teased it a few moments ago, the Fremont factory will no longer produce Model 3s for China as of next week, October 13th. Uh, This comes via Clean Technica, as well as my friend Vincent, uh, Vincent seems to have sources all over the place with regard to Tesla's activity in China. And evidently, the word over there is this, quote, all Tesla Model 3 standard range uh, will not accept orders after October 13th. This, this isn't a translation, by the way, so if it's a little awkward, that's why. Uh, this will be the last shipment of the made-in-the-U.S. Model 3. Please have your test drives before October 7th And lock in your orders this being a message to consumers over there now remember tesla had previously said that the lower cost model threes would be what was made in china at gigafactory 3 so if you do want a dual motor long range or a p3d in china it is still going to be coming from america from fremont but that aside this is just absolutely tremendous progress the size and the scope of what they have built at Gigafactory 3 and the time they have accomplished it in. I know I've said this before, and I know I'm repeating myself a little bit here, but it just bears repeating. This progress, this whole project has been simply mind-blowing to me. And I—and honestly, I don't use that phrase lightly. I know I'm a Tesla fanboy. I, I wear it on my sleeve, I admit it, but I just... I mean that very very seriously in this case that it it really is just a an absolutely mind-blowing uh process that has gone on in shanghai now this isn't related obviously but my background if you aren't familiar i owned my first dream car for a long time a delorean now if you know anything about delorean uh the history of the cars they were built in northern ireland and in fact delorean motor company they were lauded in the beginning, for going from a cow pasture in Dunmurray, outside of Belfast, to a full factory producing cars in the span of 18 months. Now, I know that it's barely even comparable at this point, because that was 40 years ago at this stage, and so much has changed technologically. But just to put that in perspective, Tesla, and the uh, credit as well to The Chinese uh, architectural, engineering, and construction teams that were all involved in this made a much larger factory than what DeLorean did in the the, uh, Northern Ireland cow pasture in about nine months. So just incredible right there. Absolutely incredible. Next this week, Tesla reportedly making another acquisition of a company. This comes via CNBC. Tesla is acquiring computer vision startup DeepScale, CNBC has learned. Two other people familiar with the deal confirmed that Tesla had bought the company outright but declined to disclose the precise terms of the deal. Forrest Iandola, the startup CEO, has joined Tesla as senior staff machine learning scientist. DeepScale could help fill the gap left by the departure of several autopilot engineers who reportedly left over the summer, which was a story that I had uh, covered when that had happened. I guess that wasn't too long ago, maybe a month or two back. Remember Tesla generally doesn't make a lot of noise about their acquisitions at least outside of the, the, the exception that proves the rule is solar city, which is a completely separate topic. Groman for out of Germany that was done pretty quietly. Maxwell. Was done fairly quietly. Uh, but Tesla saw in all of them something important. For Groman, it was manufacturing prowess, and you'll recall that Groman was instrumental in helping to solve the production ramp issues at the Gigafactory for the Model 3 and specifically the, the battery pack, the battery module assembly. Maxwell is one we'll probably hear more about at the battery day for investors, which is likely to happen early next year. Uh, Roadster, I would think, could be getting that tech to start with, maybe, but it's definitely going to make Tesla's batteries better in very measurable ways in the not too distant future. And so with deep scale, Tesla probably sees a group of people that can help accelerate the company's progress on autonomy and full self-driving. I'm sure that Elon is going to be asked about this on the next quarterly earnings call with analysts, which by the way, that should occur no later than early November. They may even do it in uh, late this month, late October. So I cannot wait to find out more about that. Uh, Next, continuing a new Tesla seat heating and cooling patent has been filed. This is one of two new patent filings I wanted to tell you about. This story comes via Teslarati, who writes, the patent is called Vehicle Seat with Integrated Temperature Control System. Tesla describes how unsatisfactory the current tech is in this area, writing in the patent, quote, attempts to provide air ventilation through the seat foam are typically insufficient to remove excess heat and provide a comfortable environment for the occupant. Further, conventional heating systems are bulky, occupy space in the seat, which typically requires the seat to be thicker, and are inefficient in heating the seat as the heat typically must travel through multiple layers and heats regions of the seat that the occupant does not contact. Hence, there is a need for an improved temperature control system for vehicle seats, Tesla notes. Uh, Tesla explains that the design outlined in its patent provides a low-cost, low-noise, power-efficient, and effective way of cooling or heating a vehicle's seats. The company also explained that its patent could be incorporated in any seat, regardless of size and shape. Quote, the temperature control system is associated with at least one of a seating portion and a backrest portion of the seat. The temperature control system includes a base layer, the temperature control system includes an intermediate layer disposed adjacent to the base layer the inter- this is all you know these things are always super dry i think by design so as to you know not be conf- not be uh, misconstrued in any way but anyway the intermediate layer allows fluid to flow through it the temperature control system includes a cover layer disposed adjacent to the intermediate layer the temperature control system also includes at least one heating element disposed between the intermediate layer and the cover layer And the system further includes a fluid pump to provide the flow of fluid through the intermediate layer. So all that is to say is it is uh, going to be a simpler, more effective, more efficient system. So if this works and it's awesome, I'll tell you, this might be something that other companies Pick up on and have to pay to use. Assuming Tesla actually decides to hang on to this patent and doesn't make it free to anybody, like some of its other patents, that they've uh, you know tried to make available to encourage other automakers to make electric cars. It could be especially appealing to uh, to other car makers as they start to build more EVs, in particular, because in an electric vehicle, of course. Every bit of efficiency matters even more than it does in a gasoline-powered car. Now, some—if you're not familiar—some Model S's and X's have ventilated seats with cooling. And the weird thing, though, is Tesla has offered them sporadically in the design studio. Uh, but I, I have heard. Now, this is this is just conjecture. This is uh, sort of just rumor. I don't have anything to, firm to back this up. But I have heard. That they don't cool super well and maybe that's one reason why uh a that tesla no longer offers them and b that tesla has now ended up with this patent application i mean we know that unlike most car makers tesla as part of their sort of continued vertical integration efforts tesla manufactures their own seats so my suspicion would be that they got frustrated with the off the shelf solutions to heating and cooling on a seat and decided to, as Elon always suggests, try and come up with a new solution to the problem based on first principles. So bring on the better, more efficient, heated and and cooled seats. I would uh, love to have access to those, even though I uh, definitely live in one of the most temperate places in the country, but it's still you got your warm days, you got your chillier days. It's nice to have good heating and cooling. I wasn't the I do feel like the Model Three seats heat really nicely, like uh, they they get toasty pretty quick and they work pretty well. But hey, if there's something better, and then in addition to that, something a seat down the road and future Teslas that will will cool, that would be super nice. Speaking of cooling, as this. This uh, week's worth of this episode's worth of uh, good segues continues. A liquid cooling charging patent application is uh, the other one here for this week. And that hints at the mega charger system intended for the Tesla semi. One more tip of the cap to Tesla Roddy, who writes. A recently published patent application from Tesla suggests that the electric car maker is continuing in its efforts to improve its already stellar supercharger network. The design outlined in the patent application document, which features a liquid-cooled charging connector, can potentially pave the way for a more ambitious charging infrastructure, perhaps one that can specifically cater to the all-electric semi's mega-charger network. This, from the patent application, quote... To transfer energy faster and decrease charging times, the cable and charging connector must be capable of withstanding high current loads. Current charging connectors are limited in the current loads that they can support as their ability to dissipate heat is limited. Thus, there is a need for a new charging connector to solve the aforementioned problems. The present disclosure related to a new charging connector. The charging connector has a a first electrical socket and a second electrical socket. A first sleeve is concentrically coupled to the first electrical socket and a second sleeve to the to the second socket. A manifold assembly encloses the first and second electrical sockets and the first and second sleeves such that the first and second sleeves and manifold assembly create a hollow interior space there between. The manifold assembly has an inlet conduit and an outlet conduit such that inlet conduit interior space and outlet conduit together create a fluid flow path there is your liquid cooling well i happen to agree with Tesla Roddy's take on this i think this is almost certainly for the semi trucks mega chargers because quite honestly the v3 superchargers are going to be sufficient for the passenger cars in tesla's fleet for quite some time i mean this patent This sounds like it goes way past what V3 is doing. And by the way, V3 is already liquid-cooled, if you weren't familiar with that. And certainly the timing lines up what would the semi-truck do to go into production in about a year or so. Remember, the semi-trucks have a 500-mile range pack under full load. That's with a full trailer loaded for bear. So it is anyone's guess at this point as to how big that battery pack is going to be in the Tesla Semi. The Roadster, as you probably are uh, familiar with by now, that thing's got a 200 kilowatt hour pack in it that makes for a 620 mile range sports car. Uh, But that sports car with a two plus two seating situation and a little bit of storage in the back, carries a load that is orders of magnitude smaller than the weight that the Semi will have to bear. So it's going to be a big battery pack. And, you know, as it is the commercial trucking industry, Tesla's going to need to be able to make the promise that they can refuel those Semi trucks fast in order to help convince companies to make that leap, to make the switch to the all-electric Tesla Semi. So keep a closer eye on this one as time goes on. Hopefully we'll hear more about the Semi truck in maybe, oh, hopefully sometime early to mid next year, you know, I would guess as as the production gets closer on that. And we do, we're pretty sure, I think the, the word on the street was that the first run of Tesla semis will actually be used by Tesla themselves. They'll effectively be their own beta testers and continue to tweak the, the trucks before delivering them to, you know, the likes of Anheuser-Busch and Pepsi ordered. And uh, I believe, Wal- I think Walmart had an order as well and, and a bunch, plenty of other companies, big and small. So good stuff right there. Finally, this week, uh, this is interesting and unexpected, a little unexpected, I think, at least for me a black Model Y was caught on someone's Tesla dash cam this week here in the Bay Area, not too far from Tesla headquarters. It was caught on video by Tesla Motors Club user C-Street and flagged to me by the aforementioned and ever-watchful Vincent. Thank you, Vincent, and thank you, C-Street, for posting this video online. So assuming that the red one, That was parked out in front of the shareholders' meeting in June is a new prototype and not the blue one from the unveiling in March, repainted. This black one now makes three known working prototypes. Uh, The white one, if you're curious, if you're like, hey, Ryan, nope, there was a white one too. Uh, Yeah, the white one that you may have seen pictures of from the reveal event, it was sitting inside that was a rolling mule, not a real car. So uh, three known working prototypes. Anyway, that housekeeping aside, it is great to see these out in the real world already. You know, the Model Y, as you know, shares three quarters of its parts with the Model 3, but there are still, and and I'm the furthest thing from an automotive engineer, but I can think pretty confidently say there are still a million things to go out and test even when you're sharing three quarters of your parts with a car that's already you know released and, and out on the road and for sale. You've got ride quality to go out and and test and check. You've got handling dynamics. You've got squeaks and rattles that you're trying to test for and eliminate. You've got wind noise. Uh, there's that new was it like the three? I think it was three piece subframe that's uh you know big new bold new design for tesla that should really simplify and speed up manufacturing if they can get it right you know they they can be testing that under the stress of driving etc etc there's just an endless list of things to be going out and testing now some people have speculated with this video of this model y out there some people have speculated that it must mean that the y is ahead of schedule and it's going to be out sooner and I think these people largely think that because we didn't see the Model 3 prototypes out on the public streets until the spring of 2017, which was just a few months before the initial deliveries of the cars. I don't personally believe that's the case. I don't think that we're going to see the schedule move up on uh, the Model Y in any substantial way. I mean, maybe, you know, they've said fall 2020, Maybe we get them in August at the, at the earliest, but you know the, the fact of the matter is, uh, I just think Tesla is in a better place with their full schedule here, meaning that they have the time to do their full due diligence, uh, due diligence pardon me, on the car. I'm not saying they didn't do due diligence on the three, but remember, the Model 3 did go out to employees first, and then the production ramp started super slow. For the Y, Tesla is really gonna need to hit the ground running a bit faster than with the Model 3 when it comes to production. I mean, Tesla's never launched a vehicle early and I just don't think they'll start now if for no other reason than this. Remember, Elon told me in my interview with him in early June that even if the Model Y were ready to go right now, they couldn't sell it because they could not make a sufficient number of batteries fast enough. So I just think that the Model Y team is ahead of where they were at this point in the process with the Model 3, largely because the Model Y shares so many parts and is on the same platform, but they've still got about a year ahead of them, plenty of time to dial the car in and hopefully make this the smoothest product launch in Tesla history. That's everything I've got for you in the news this week. Stay tuned. Right after this, we'll do the Ride the Lightning Hotline, all of your awesome phone calls coming up right after this. This week, Ride the Lightning is brought to you by Alloy Gator, check them out at AlloyGatorUSA.com. Alloy Gator is the number one way to protect your beautiful Tesla wheels from nasty curb rash incidents. Alloy Gator comes in a variety of colors, so if you want to get something that blends in with your wheels, you can do that. Or if you want to add a little extra personality to your car, you can choose from 14 other colors to really make your wheels pop. Having Alloy Gator professionally installed is highly recommended. So to learn more and find an installer near you, visit AlloyGatorUSA.com. Oh, and by the way, Alloy Gator is currently running a special promotion for product installed at an authorized dealer. Go to AlloyGatorUSA.com and use the promo code RTL20 and Ride the Lightning listeners will get a further 20% off of your order. Thank you, Alloy Gator. Well, how about that? A real sponsorship. I don't uh, i do not do those too often because I, if, when I do take them every now and again, I want to make sure it's something that I think will actually be of use to the audience. And I see a lot of people in the Tesla community uh, really like these to help help prevent curb rash. So do check those out if you are interested. All right, Ride the Lightning Hotline time. This is your time to shine. Your calls, your questions, your comments, your discussion topics. Oh, and by the way, the monthly patreon exclusive bonus episode is up which features all of the awesome calls that i just couldn't get to on the regular weekly show go in and uh, make sure that those people are heard and responded to on patreon so if you'd like to learn more about that how you can get access to those check out my patreon page which i'll give you the plug for at the end of the show uh but real quick I do want to mention the the callers on that episode because, as always, I like to give uh, those people that that end up on that show free access to it in case they're not uh, Patreon supporters. So uh, Glenn, Dave from Germany, Maturshan from Toronto, Rob from the San Francisco East Bay, Rich from Seattle, Tyler from Reno, Joe from New York. Uh, Stefan from Toronto, Cameron from Waco, John from Central Massachusetts, Tom from Australia, and Corey from Westchester. Feel free to email me, and I will give you access to that episode so you can hear your call and my response. All right, let's get rolling with this week's calls. Ken from San Antonio had a uh, uh, really interesting Smart Summon story here, as Smart Summon has just rolled out this week. Ken, the floor is yours. Hi, this is
1: Ken Ash from San Antonio, Texas. I uh, walked out of the emergency room, had a foot problem, really forgot where I parked because getting in was a little bit more of a priority. Came out and realized, oh, I parked good. Had to park about 40, 50 yards away and I could barely walk in a lot of pain. And then I remembered I can summon my car. It was the most amazing moment meeting uh, a me that I've ever had. And I put my phone and sure enough, the car, pulled out of its spot, and came right over to me and picked me up. Amazing. Now, we'll say later on that day, I was at another place in a building, and I tried to do the same thing, and a car came to me, but it sort of pulled into the oncoming lane. There was a garage where it was emptying. This wasn't a public street. This was par- private parking. They need to uh, make it such that it never crosses over into the uh, oncoming lane because the guy was coming out of the garage, unfortunately, at that same moment. No, no real problem. And he stopped and looked at me and shook his head like, what are you doing so anyway that's the only thing they need to adjust but i certainly love the feature and i'd hate to see it go away because there could be a little problem if that's not addressed love my tesla though it's uh the only car that gets better after you buy it thank you bye
0: ken i hope you're doing okay it's uh it's obviously completely understandable that remembering where you parked your car wasn't your priority when you arrived at the emergency room but You touch on something really interesting with Smart Summon, and that is this. It has use cases that many of us aren't even thinking about. You know, perhaps an elderly driver and or someone with an accessible parking permit's ease of getting around is enhanced by a Tesla with Smart Summon because they don't have to go all the way out to their car. Uh, you know, you're you're absolutely right that Tesla still has plenty of work to do on Smart Summon with regard to it navigating properly and, and not getting itself in trouble. But the good news is that this is its first release. It's even labeled beta. So it will get better. And uh, hopefully you are as well. Thank you so much for calling in and sharing your story. Let's go to Larry in Roseville, California, uh, talking about range issues on his model three Let's see if i can be any uh, any help here larry go ahead
2: Hi, Ryan. This is Larry in Roseville, California. Uh, Big fan. Love the show. Uh, You always provide great insight into what's going on with Tesla. I really appreciate it. Um, I have a problem that I'm hoping your listeners can help me with. Uh, I have a Tesla Model 3, pretty early VIN, like the 40,000s. Love everything about the car except for one problem. Ever since day one, I've had range issues. Uh, This car, I have the rear-wheel drive, uh, long range. Uh, It's supposed to get about 340 miles, something like that. I get about 250 out of it. So not even close, like 100 miles off. I've taken it into the service center uh, at least three times, and they've tested out the battery. They say the battery's fine, and uh, they haven't been able to f- identify the problem. And I assume it's some kind of uh, component that's burning too much power because they seem to have an intermittent problem. Even though my average is like 250, if I watch it in real time, for example, I, I use my commute to work as a, a sample because I use it over and over again, I'll see that most of the time it burns about 350 watts, uh, watt hours per mile, which everyone knows this car, for this version of the car, that's very high. And about once every 20 times, I'll get what I'm supposed to get, which is uh, about uh, 225 or 250. And so unfortunately, when I go to the Tesla Service Center, they look at my records and see that one time where it worked good. And they say, oh, it must be your driving because we've seen a a route where it used the right amount of power. So anyway, because the problem is intermittent, I can't get them to troubleshoot it and find out what's going on. So what I'm hoping is that some of your listeners have also experienced this problem and maybe even solved it. And if they have, I would appreciate uh, what you found so that I could uh, tip off my, service center on what to go test because i assume there's one component out there that is uh, really flaky to give you an example one last thing that i see every once in a while when i uh, watching the power consumption in real time i could be in a parking lot driving five miles an hour and i'll see it spike to like 2900 watt hours per mile yeah almost three kilowatts for driving five miles an hour so obviously there's something wrong out there but it is intermittent so if anybody knows how to fix it please let me know i appreciate it and thanks again for such a great show. We'll talk to you later. Bye.
0: Hi, Larry. I'm sorry to hear this, and I am happy to put this out there to the audience. 350 watt-hours per mile is way, way too high, especially for a rear-wheel drive Model 3. To give you a point of reference, my lifetime number is currently sitting at 298 watt-hours per mile in the Performance Model 3, uh, and and that's largely because of the the 20-inch sport wheels. I'm not sure if you've got the 18-inch aero, with or without the cap, or the 19-inch sport wheels, but even between the two, it wouldn't make that drastic of a difference. I mean, it only starts to really <laughs> drag on you when you get up into those 20-inch wheels. But I'm curious what your lifetime watt-hours per mile number is. That's, in my humble layman opinion i would think what tesla would be looking at so you know it, it because it's a larger sample size than the short individual drives but yeah if anybody has any ideas for larry feel free to email me tesla podcast at gmail.com larry good luck to you my friend hopefully we'll uh, we'll talk again brad from falls church virginia has an idea for a new mode in the teslas
3: go ahead brad Hey, Ryan, this is Brad from Falls Church, Virginia. Uh, I love the podcast. I had a question, um, and I don't know if anybody else has ever thought about this, and I was wondering if the, your audience has ever heard of something like this or seen any discussions on any forums or anything about a uh, packing mode. I would love to have a packing mode where I'm packing the car. I've got a family of four, and I'm usually the one who ends up packing the car for a road trip or legacy to see grandma or whatever. And every time I open up a door, the air conditioning comes on. Um, I'm often listening to... Uh, my own phone via Bluetooth, and that switches over to the car, and, you know, the kind of car turns on. I would love to be able to open up the door once, um, pass up on the screen, say, hey, put this in packing mode for the next 10 minutes, Then from then on out, every time I open the door, it doesn't kind of start the car up again. It just leaves it as it is, maybe doesn't even lock it in between times, so that way, if I forget my phone in the house, it will still remain unlocked. Something like that. I think you could do it so that you could time it out after a certain amount of time. Then when you got in the car, if it, got, if it had the timer hadn't emptied, uh, you could just see on the screen packing you may left three more minutes or something. You just hit cancel and go back to the regular um, features. I wonder if anybody else would find that useful. I think it'd be fantastic. I probably, seven, eight, nine times a year, I, I would, it would really save my day. Thanks for everything you do. Bye.
0: I can see how that would get annoying, Brad. I don't even listen to music on on headphones while I wash the car for that same reason. As soon as I open the the any of the doors, which I need to open all of them and to clean the uh you know to clean the interior or just the door jams, dry those out. The audio source switches to the car's Bluetooth system. So yeah, I think you've got a good idea there. Thank you for putting it out into the ether for Tesla to hopefully pick up on and consider. Richard from Toronto is up next. He has a suggestion for Brad from Knoxville, Tennessee, who uh, had a had a concern about the force and quality of the air conditioning for row two in a Model S. Richard, go
4: ahead. Hi Ryan, uh, Richard up in Toronto. As you may recall, we have a 2012 as well as a 2016 Model S and have over time found a number of tricks to help with the cooling situation. Uh, This is in response to the question that was raised from, uh, I've forgotten his name, one of your callers from Tennessee. Uh, Something that we have found uh, that really helps is if you switch the air conditioning from auto onto the flow-through mode. So take it off auto and press the button that cancels recirculating. What that will do is that will move more air through the car from the front and it goes through the rear cabin and then exits out through vents that are behind the uh, the rear bumper. Uh, Doing that is really important also if you have a seven passenger Model S and you've got children in the back uh, without turning on that uh, non-circulate mode Uh, little ones in the back can get very warm indeed because they're sitting in the greenhouse of the of the rear rear deck on the model s Uh, hope that's of assistance Uh, thanks again for all you do ryan bye-bye
0: richard this is super appreciated thank you very much and a thank you as well to ron from nashville who suggested turning range mode off in the model s if it's on he's ron has a a model s as well and and uh, thought that might be a helpful suggestion so Hopefully, Brad from Knoxville and potentially others out there will find that useful for uh, the Model S air conditioning system. Mike from Massachusetts has a complaint about the Model 3. Go ahead, Mike.
5: Hi, Ryan. This is Mike from Massachusetts. I am a thrill gainer of a Tesla Model 3 long range um, that I purchased in February. So it's been about six, seven months, and it's yet to get old. My question is this, or my complaint, rather, and I'm just wondering if anyone else has had this issue, but it's, to me, a a tremendous flaw, Um, the, the glove box. The glove box just will scratch if you breathe on it, and I am meticulous with this vehicle. I'm very careful. I put this front seat all the way back so my child's backpack doesn't scratch against it, And I mean, I did what they said, they called them, they're like, use the black cloth that came with, which is like basically, um, what you get in your sunglasses, one of those soft cloths. Um, I didn't put anything on the cloth, any sort of, uh, cleaner and just rubbing it. I mean, it looks like someone took golf shoes, um, to the, the glove box, um, it doesn't really show up unless the light comes on. Then I really know, like more lighting hits it. And then I really notice it. And it's just a very big flaw. It's almost like there wasn't a finished coating put on it. So basically, um, Tesla wasn't able to help me out, sort of didn't really understand um, the complaint. And it's not unique to my vehicle because I know, because I had a Tesla repair come out and they actually replaced it because they thought I filed a complaint for us. um that it was malfunctioned, which wasn't the case. It was all cosmetic. But they did replace it because Tesla is Tesla, and they're cool about that. But in any event, um, really annoys me. But otherwise, everything else in the car, fantastic. Thanks, Ryan.
0: I'm actually with you on this, Mike. I don't think I've ever mentioned it on this podcast, but mine has been like this pretty much since day one. Like I feel like I didn't do it because Daisy's never ridden up there to be able to Paw, uh i don't know i mean i never complained about it i i guess because like you i can only see it in the right light so i thought i think the first time i noticed it i you know wiped it down and then kind of didn't see it again until later when it was back in the right light so i don't know but uh you're you're so correct because when it is in the right light it really does annoy me so Hopefully, this is one of those things where over time, Tesla will either change the part or change the coding or otherwise address this in, in some way in uh, future production. So thanks for calling in, Mike. Let's go to Kaz from San Diego, has uh, some specific feedback on autopilot in his neck of the woods, plus uh, one other thing as well. Kaz, go ahead.
6: Hey, Ryan and Tesla family. It's Kaz out here in San Diego again wanted to say that I am very excited about version 10 of the software. I downloaded it, and I love it. I love it. You can actually touch and interface with the computer simulation with all the vehicles around you and the improvements to the road graphics and the vehicle renderings. Uh, And I was curious if anybody in the community has had any issue here in San Diego when on autopilot, specifically navigate on autopilot, driving on the 94 eastbound to get on the 15 north, that exit is on the left-hand side of the road, and the vehicle fails every time to get over and execute the exit onto the 15. I think it's just a one of those weird exits that Tesla hasn't perfected yet and wanted some feedback. And then I wanted to touch on something to help maybe with Lawton's ideas on the van and maybe something that you haven't seen yet, Ryan. Um, I know it's a Tesla podcast, but Rivian has a contract to build 100,000 electric vans for Amazon as delivery vehicles. And I find that fascinating. They're going to try to ramp up to that level of production. I'm curious to what you think, because Tesla's shown it's not easy. But uh, I'm also excited for this pickup truck. It's it's my favorite thing. I can't wait for it. Hope everyone's having a great time in their version 10 software. See you later.
0: Well, I can't really speak to the specific San Diego situation since uh, I'm not familiar with the area. But uh, I, you know, I've noticed a couple things get better, but also a couple things get. I don't want to say worse, but a little different in maybe not quite the best of ways on V10. Uh, for instance, I'll give you an example, kind of the, the big one. Well, I mentioned, I think last week, I mentioned how I thought it handled a, uh, a merging uh, on-ramp a little bit better than it used to of just staying to the left rather than trying to center into the the widened you know merging lane. But um, the one other thing that I use every day, So when I come into San Francisco, you know, the freeway, I'm on autopilot as the freeway is ramping down and and ending. And so uh, I've noticed, I mean, plane is every single day up until V10, it would, would, the car would stop a little too close to the car in front of me on the slight downhill, uh, I guess it's not an incline, the decline. And whereas if it's on flat freeway, it stops back with plenty of room. So I don't know if it's the way, like literally the angle, the direction that the radar, that it's bouncing the radar down and, you know, to, to hit that car and the one in front of it or what, but Tesla has seemingly tweaked it because the same exact spot now uh, in this past week or so that I've had V10 it's, it stops much shorter on that, on that decline, but it kind of does so in a, in a like jittery, like kind of not slams the brakes, but just sort of stops a little abruptly and then kind of lurches forward a little and then stops again. It's, it's a little like unsure of itself. So it's better that it's not creeping up on the car in front of it, but uh, also, you know, maybe not the most desirable behavior in general. So I imagine that stuff will continue to get tweaked, uh, just like your, your situation with your, uh, your interchange down there in San Diego as well. Now, as for Rivian, you know, I, I don't know a ton about them. I followed them kind of casually just as a, as a Tesla fan, but I'm really happy for them, honestly, because they seem like in, again, my not expert opinion, but they seem like maybe the most promising, of the EV startups, at least from the product side, the actual product. And obviously this is my humble opinion here. I mean, I I also thought that the Lucid Air seemed like an amazing thing to product wise, but unfortunately with them, the business side of that company seemed to be uh, basically a house of cards that completely tumbled. But anyway, uh, you're right. It, it will not be easy for Rivian to fill 100,000 van orders on top of their pickup truck production. But the good news is that with an order that huge for just one customer, they can afford to not worry about selling any other vans for a while and just ramp production for the Amazon order. So they'll only have one customer to keep happy versus many tens of thousands of customers. I wish them well, I really do. Let's go now, uh, getting back to Tesla. Robert in Texas Talking Model S versus Model 3. Go ahead, Robert.
2: Hey, Ryan. It's Robert, formerly of the Bay Area, now from Texas. Uh, Got kind of a funny question for you, but it's pretty important. Um, When I test drove the Model 3 and we were looking at S versus 3, um, the 3 has a smaller steering wheel than the S and the X. And that really made a difference for me in 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 the car. It just made it feel different for me because the steering wheel was smaller than I was used to, and I'm kind of a big guy. And I was wondering if you had any idea whether the Model Y steering wheel is the smaller one that's in the in the uh, three or the bigger one that's in the S or X, or if you might be able to influence and try and get the bigger steering wheel in the Model Y because that that could be quite interesting car for us if the steering wheel also is is that full size thanks a lot take care i love your podcast
0: it's the same one as on the three robert and i don't think you'll be able to change tesla's mind on that honestly because remember that the model y as i was uh, talking about earlier on this episode The Y shares about three quarters of its parts with the three. And when everything is in high volume, every part as they are with the three and the Y, but not the S and the X, at least comparatively speaking, that makes a big difference on parts costs. Uh, Let's see, one, two, three more calls this week. Let's go to Mike from Portland with a feature recommendation. Go ahead, Mike. This is Mike from Portland. I have a feature recommendation I haven't seen anywhere
1: else. I'd like a a band, control band for uh, the environmental controls. I'd like to be able to set my heat down in the low 60s and my air conditioning up at 72 or 74. So that uh, I'm not wasting heat when the car is 68 and I'm perfectly comfortable and I'm not over air conditioning to get things back. It seems like that would add a great deal of efficiency and would be a very simple uh, software fix. Uh, let me know what you think. Thank you.
0: Mike, I think you're right on here. This seems like one of those things that Tesla could absolutely do. It's just a matter of them digging in and giving the driver a bit more control. I, for one, I'd love to have more precise control over the HVAC system. I think it's a great idea. And again, hopefully somebody at Tesla is out there listening and uh, gets it on the brains of the entire Tesla software team. Thanks for calling in, Mike john from new york let's cross the country go over to new york uh john with a workaround for that easy entry bug that i mentioned on last week's show that i was experiencing so maybe this can help some other people go ahead john
5: hey ryan this is john from new york i've got a workaround for your uh easy entry uh seat malfunction with my mirror where when i selected my main driving profile my right side mirror uh often wouldn't go to the position commanded And the workaround I did was to just slightly adjust the position of the mirror and save it to the profile. Um, And that seemed to unstick it, and it's been working fine ever since. So maybe just slightly adjust your seat, re save it to easy entry, and see if that's a workaround. Thanks.
0: Thank you very much for that, John. Uh, Other people tweeted at me and mentioned that if you just tap your regular profile in the profile drop down menu, that will also do the trick on this fortunately though this hasn't happened to me since i upgraded to v10 at least not yet so it's some knock on wood here my wood desk (laughs) so hopefully it is a bug that just has been squashed now but nevertheless i wanted to play your call just in case it is of help to anybody else cheers john last and certainly not at all least We'll keep traveling. We went from West Coast to East Coast. We're going to go across the Atlantic. Our friend Remy from the Netherlands calling in with some really good news. Go ahead, Remy.
7: Hey, Ryan. This is Remy, your friend from the Netherlands. I'm recording this for my Tesla Model 3 Long Range in white. I have to say that I already am driving this car for about a week. But after three and a half years of anticipation about this car, I really couldn't believe that this is actually true and that I'm owning a Tesla right now. So right now it's starting to sink in and I'm starting to believe it's actually true. I thought that my neighbor put his car in the wrong driveway, but it's actually my car. This is really a dream come true. And you also helped me anticipate about this car and everything about it is really true. And it's a lovely car. I really love it for that. Something else I want to share is that because of you, I started a website called teslaprotips.com and I'm trying to put as many as possible Tesla Pro Tips from your podcast on that website. If someone from your, from your audience is actually recording a Pro Tip and wants to share it on my website as well, they can send it in to tips at teslaprotips.com and I will put it on the website as soon as possible. As always, keep up the good work and I listen to your podcast every week. I know it cannot be easy to be as consistent as you are with your podcast, so I think what you're doing is just great. Thank you. Bye.
0: Remy, I appreciate the kind words, and more importantly, congratulations! As long as my weight was, and that of many American reservation holders at the Standard Range uh, Plus people, for sure, even longer, yours, and many Europeans and Australians, has been a lot longer. Uh, by the way, let the record show that the name of the file the, of this recording that Ramy sent me is called, I own a Tesla Model 3 and can't believe it. That is that is what he named the file. So I love seeing that. That's fantastic. And, you know, I, I know your dreamlike feeling right now very well, Ramy. And let me tell you, it doesn't go away. Many times, many, many times on a regular basis, when I go down to the garage to get something or take out the garbage, I look at that car in the garage and I will actually say out loud with nobody around, (laughs) I will say, I can't believe I have this car. Like it's, It really is, to me, a tremendous privilege. And as I've told people who ask me about how I like it, what I say is that you truly could not pay me to go back to a gas car it's it's not anything against gas cars i'm not talking like you know environmentalist stuff or any of the, any, you know any of the green thing it's just the car is more fun i love it so much i just never want to go back to anything else so cheers Ramy, and may you always drive your model 3 in good health i like to love to end on a high note there what higher note than the joy of of a you know, a longtime listener of this show who's called in a number of times, finally getting their delivery. That is, that is good stuff right there. Thanks to all of you who called in. Again, I invite all of you, I welcome you to call in with your Tesla comments, questions, and discussion topics. Uh, this is the part of the show where I get to have uh, as many more voices in here as I can. And I, I really like this part of the show. I think it adds a lot to this podcast. So keep your calls coming. Uh, did you know what? Actually, I don't think I gave the usual plug at the top uh, and told you how to call in. You've probably got it memorized by now, but in case this is your first or second episode, you can call in in one of two easy and, of course, completely free ways. Uh, you can either record your question on your smartphone's built in voice recording software and email me the file, and my email address is teslapodcast at gmail.com. Or you can call in and leave a message on the Ride the Lightning hotline, which can be dialed up anytime, toll free. The number is one 989 8752 Again, that's one 989 tsla And I kindly ask that either way you call in, please try to keep your call to a minute and a half, 90 seconds or less, so that I can get to as many calls during each week's show as possible but uh, that also reminds me to tell you that if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday anniversary graduation or some other special occasion you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special the recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more thank you so much to life on record for being the uh long time now long time provider of the Ride the Lightning Hotline. All right, I'll be right back with my version 10 experiences thus far, what I've been doing with the new software update, as well as your pro tip of the week and some parting thoughts for you right after this. well since i got version 10 i did try out cuphead i used a xbox one elite controller with a usb cable worked like a dream and sure enough yeah it's you you can't play the game it won't even let you get into it without detecting a controller plugged in so um i've gotten a lot of questions via you know tweets and emails about hey which what controller do you recommend i I like the Xbox One controller. I just like the trigger, the feel of the triggers better. I like the the ergonomics of it in general better. It's nothing against the Sony, the Dual, the PlayStation DualShock 4 or anything else. I'm just, I, I really love the feel of the Xbox One controller. So you can grab one of those and then you'll just need a, a USB cable to go with it. Uh, but which I don't, it, man, I don't actually don't know if it includes it or not. I haven't bought one in a really long time. My, my elite controllers a few years or two or three years old now, but anyway, yeah, I am partial to the Xbox one controller. I tried out YouTube real quick while I was supercharging after the volunteer effort in Fremont last weekend. And yeah, the, uh, the audio quality picture quality was pretty good. Like the, the front, the app, the actual front end of YouTube on the Tesla looks a lot like, uh, my YouTube app on, on the iPad or which I'm probably, probably any tablet really. So it's, it'll be pretty familiar to anybody there. I was able to sign in pretty easily into my account. So that was cool. And then, yeah, I did give Netflix a quick look too. And same thing. It looks a lot like the, all the other Netflix apps, you know, YouTube and, and, uh, Xbox one, not YouTube, sorry. Um, I tablet and Xbox one are the, the two ways that I, that I use YouTube uh, gosh, I'm sorry. There were two ways that I use Netflix primarily, and it looks, uh, looks and feels just like those. Hey, real quick, I wanted to bring up another problem that I've been having just to see if this has popped up for anybody else. I don't even know if there's a solution to this, because this I feel like this is a, like a software thing that's either going to get fixed in an update or, or what, but is anyone else out there having their slacker songs just randomly skip to th- another track? right in the middle of the song without touching anything, without saying, I want to skip the track. This has been happening to me a ton lately. Like I would say at least once per drive where I'm just cruising along, I've got a song going and then the song either just stops. And then if I try to, you know, hit play again, it gives a loading error or it literally just, it's playing one song and then the song stops and it skips to the next, you know, the next random track. So if that is happening to you, uh, maybe drop me a quick email. You don't have to call in with it, but uh, yeah, maybe drop me a quick email, teslapodcast at gmail.com. And yeah, maybe, I don't know if there's anything to this or or what, if it's something on the slacker side or if it's some bug or thing introduced in a recent update, because this, feel like it's been happening to me since before v10 so that's why i feel like it's it might be a a slacker side thing and not a a tesla software thing so i don't know anyway that's that let me give you your pro tip of the week right now which comes to us from ty in france uh so take it away Ty.
8: hi ryan it's ty and das calling from france love the show and calling in for the first time I have a couple of things I wanted to share. The first one is regarding Joe Mode. People seem to be wondering uh, who the person is that Joe Mode is dedicated to and I think it might be just Average Joe. Average Joe has two kids and the mode is dedicated to people with kids so uh, that's my take on it. The second is a pro tip. Um, it, it's regarding the Tesla app um, for people who own more than one Tesla. So previously, if I wanted to switch from one Tesla into the other in the app, I had to go to the little round circle on the top left, um, press it, and then a menu came up and it said switch to and gave the name of the other car, which you then press and that brings you to the other car. I discovered that if you simply um, swipe the picture of the car you're currently looking at, it takes you straight to the other car. So that's much quicker and easier. Hope this helps, have a great day, and keep up the good work, bye.
0: Welcome to the podcast, Ty, and thank you for your call. I have to say, your theory for who Joe is, is about the best one I've heard yet. It makes a lot of sense. And uh, for your pro tip, more and more of you out there will no doubt become multi-Tesla households over time, especially once the Model Y hits. So I think this is an excellent little shortcut to know about thank you so much Uh, and that brings me to about the end point of the show this is the part where uh, i thank some people and give you some some deals and offers on stuff hopefully you'll you'll give me another couple minutes attention of your time Uh, first up abstract ocean they've got gen 3 of their new uh their revised tempered screen uh, glass screen protectors for your model 3 so uh, They've continued to tweak and improve that, make that better. They've got uh, center console wraps. If you want to get rid of the sort of piano black glossy finish on there and give it another look, you could do that. All kinds of stuff. Check them out, abstractocean.com and use the coupon code RTLPODCAST at checkout in order to get 15% off of your first order. Meanwhile, Immaculate Reflections. A wonderful detailer here in the Bay Area, still offering that hundred dollars off any ceramic coating package or paint protection film package. However, if you're doing that full body paint protection film over the whole car, let's up that to two hundred and fifty dollars off. You can, uh, and then if you're an active or retired military member. Bring that military ID, and you'll get an additional discount from Jeff at Immaculate Reflections. You can get in touch with Jeff to get on his schedule. Talk to him about, you know, what exactly that is going to make sense. What you're looking for on your car, which services, which stuff. You can find him on his website irdetailing.com. That's the letter I, the letter R, detailing.com. Uh, you can see some example the examples of his work there or on yelp or instagram on yelp it's yelp.com immaculate reflections and on instagram his handle is immaculate underscore reflections and then the jada wireless charging pad for your model 3 as well as the usb hub for the model 3 both pretty cool products uh, I've now got both in my car. As I said, I'm I'm a big fan of the wireless charging mat in particular because it looks stock, it works great, it's uh, P3D launch proof. You can launch the car all you want, and the phone stays put. So uh, if you are, if that is of interest to you, if you've maybe you've recently upgraded your smartphone. And now your phone can charge wirelessly and you might want that in your Model 3. You can check all that out on the Jada website. I don't have a discount code for that one, sadly, but I do have a referral link. So if you decide you want either or both of those Jada products, I would love it if you would use the referral link I'm about to give you because they will throw a couple of bucks from the sale my way as a thank you for uh, you having found out about it through this podcast so that referral link is getjada.com slash ref slash eight and jada spelled j-e-d-a i mentioned the podcast email address earlier uh my twitter dmc underscore ryan same thing on instagram as well dmc underscore ryan there and then finally of course uh the patreon page this is the numero uno way, the best way you can support the podcast besides simply listening to it because, of course, as I say very sincerely uh, on a regular basis, I really do appreciate you giving me, you know, an hour to an hour and a half of your very valuable time each and every week. We all get the same 24 hours in a day. Nobody gets more. Nobody gets, uh, you know, it's, it's all the same so uh, that you would choose to, to spend a chunk of it listening to this podcast, I do sincerely appreciate it. And if you feel like I have earned your additional support for my efforts here, you can find out more about the tiers at which you can support me and and the ways you can do that on my Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. And Patreon is spelled P A T R E O N. Uh, and then let me mention the Patreon producers, of course, the wonderful group of folks uh, supporting at the producer tier, which gets them a lot of neat stuff. Again, you can find out all of that on the Patreon page. So a thank you once again, and as always to Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassioppo, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, Alexi Heft, Logan Willis, Michael Lester, Robert Maracle, Jason Chalukas, Joe Edgel, Tim Hyde, Lars Hoffman, Lawton from Chicago, Peter Chalet, Rome Strack, David Vakil, Ulrich Lassa, Luke A, Eric Randolph, David Nondahl, Gabriel Salais, Jerry and Mary Smith, Brian Hope, Bill Royko, Lyle Austin, Joel Sapp, Dorian Steve Guberman, Luxendary.com, Michael Waddle, Daniel Grummer, Jeremy, Josh, Jeremy Harris, Tesla Owners Taiwan, Rob Brewer, Ron Lee, Larry Lynch, Chris Knessnick, John Cody, Matthew Wright, Aaron Appleby, Charlie Gillespie, Cos Barnes, Neil Weaver, David Parella, Sunil Joseph, Dennis Peak, Scott Gillis, Will Stedman, and EV Tricity UK. Thank you all for that continued support. Uh, If you are not already subscribing to the podcast, that's a totally free thing. That just means the podcast pushes out to you automatically each week, every time there's a new episode, which of course is every Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific. So please do subscribe if you're not already doing so. You can do that on iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, which remember, TuneIn is in your Tesla. You can listen to, subscribe to the show right in your car. I'm also on Spotify. The audio uh, just uh, syncs, not syncs, uh, syndicates. There we go. The audio syndicates. It uh, pushes out to YouTube, so you could subscribe to me on YouTube. It is just audio only, just FYI, but it's there, and that is all of the major ways you can get the podcast. Uh, I've got, I'll tell you, I've got a a really exciting thing coming up that uh, hopefully will be of interest To you guys listening to this, you guys and girls listening to this show, I don't want to give too much away because if it falls through, then I'll have hyped you all up for and only then disappointed you. But stay tuned. I've got some awesome stuff in the works. If it all pans out, it's going to be a really, really fun month of October on this podcast. Hopefully it's already fun but more fun than usual. So for a, uh, yep, still sleeping, Daisy the Boxer Puppy. I think she slept through the entire podcast. So uh, for Daisy, (laughs) I'm Ryan McCaffrey. Happy electric motoring, my friends. And I'll see you back here next week.
1: I mean I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's meant to be. Well our goal is to make it's it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. Mm. Make it maximum fun.